Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. We have a special guest with us today that is going to help us learn a little bit more about stress and how to deal with it. Her name is Elle Ingalls, and we will get started. Welcome to 321 No Kidding Podcast, Elle. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. I would love it if you'd kick us off with a little introduction about yourself. Sure. I am, uh, what am I? I'm a performance coach, but I specifically help people with stress, anger, and anxiety. And that's why I was really attracted to your show. You know, when you're talking about addiction, what leads us to go places where we maybe don't want to go, it's usually because stress is somehow impacting us. So I'm an expert that's drilled really deeply on that fight or flight stress response. You probably know what that, you know, you've heard of that before, but I went really, really deep on it. So I've coached everybody from 10-year-old hockey players and and, uh, gymnasts to CEOs and everything in between. So pretty much everybody today is dealing with too much stress. And what I did, which is so different, Bobby, I created an on-the-go stress management method. So everything that you have watched or read or listened about stress, pretty much all of it is a myth. And what I share with people blows their mind because it's like, oh my goodness, why didn't I learn this in middle school? No, I wouldn't have started smoking in middle school if I'd known this. Or it's just so cool. So I actually train um, psychologists, medical professionals, because they don't know this. I went really deep on something and it's, just kind of, it's really pretty mind-blowing. I'm so excited to share it with your, with your audience here. Awesome. I guess I didn't get very personal. How about we do, how about we do who you are? Like, where are you from? Okay. I'm from Concord, New Hampshire, originally. Grew up in, in the mountains of New Hampshire and went to University of Michigan, met my husband there. So ended up being a Michigan gander. So I've lived in Michigan since 1980, raised our three kids here, um, we lived in Battle Creek, which is kind of a famous little city because of Kellogg and Post and all that. Cool place to raise our kids. Our sons actually have a video production company, and they've done two shows on, um, on mental health, two documentaries for the Mental Health Foundation of Michigan here. And, but they do all kinds of things from sports documentaries to, to all kinds of stuff. So we just recently moved. We downsized from a big house. For anybody who's done that before, you know that it's a big process. I think I actually treated the garbage men in my neighborhood because of all the garbage they took away from me. Um, But yeah, did a big downsize and moved to the west side of Grand Rapids. So I'm just like 40 minutes from Lake Michigan now in a beautiful downsized condo right by the forest. So kind of made a big change and I feel like I'm kind of back in New Hampshire. So I've driven by your place, your city a lot, which is cool. I actually think so... My day job that I just left was for Price Chopper. I'm pretty sure that the owner, Neil Golub, he went to school in Michigan. I think it might have been University of Michigan. Okay. And then I have a girlfriend in Kansas City. Is that the same one as the Spartans? No, the Spartans are Michigan State. I'm the maize and blue Wolverines. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But I don't bite, I promise. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's where Neil went. That's interesting. Yeah. So your son's documentaries, if those are available, I'll be happy to share them in the show notes so folks can see them. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a, it, that was a private commission. So I okay. think it's only through them, unfortunately, because they're kind of cool. One, it focuses on teens and the other focus on the workplace, like what stressors people go through. I mean, even filming it, you know, to see, to have to make an actor, these are all amateur actors, feel angry in a factory, you know, like go through emotions. It was really eye-opening for us. I helped on the project. Just, it's incredible what anger will do to you. You know, what, what these emotions will do to you, which is what I'll be sharing today. Great. Yeah, anger and resentment were part of the theme of this morning's reading on the show. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about that. So where's a good starting point? Like, I want to go to, like, can you give me a before and after? But I'm sure you have a nice yeah. baseline. No, let's see, you know, before, after is really good. Let me, this might be something real relatable. I'm thinking about one of the most stressful moments in my life where I really blew up. Like I really lost it. My kids, like they never see me cry or like they, I'm just pretty, pretty cool. Right. But my mom was, um, I got a call from my dad that he thought my mom's breast cancer was back. So we packed up the kids and my husband couldn't go. He couldn't get out of work. So packed up the kids, three boys, they're little. We fly to New Hampshire and my mom never sat in my dad's recliner chair like ever. And she's in my dad's, you know, lazy boy recliner with the feet up and she doesn't even get up to like greet us. And she didn't come pick us up at the airport. My dad did. That was like weird too. So I'm like, oh my God, this is serious, right? So we're with mom. I'm, I'm helping her and everything. We get home and it's obvious the cancer's back and it's, it's in her brain actually. So we, we, we saw all this stuff and it was just like horrifying. And so we get back home. It's a Friday. I'm up I'm like getting breakfast for everybody. My husband's out the door. I'm like working with the kids. It's spring break. So last day of spring break, my one son's already out playing and I haven't even taken a moment to go to the bathroom yet. So I look at my little guys and I go, mommy's going upstairs for 15 minutes. Okay. So don't call my name. I just need 15 minutes. Right. So I go upstairs to my, to the bathroom. I'm, I'm, I'm starting up the stairs. I'm on the landing. My oldest comes flying in the back door. Mom, mother, mother. It's like screaming my name. Right. And I turn around and I don't swear. Right. I'm going to like, I go, I can't even go in the bathroom. I'm like completely hysterical. My hands are going like this. My knees are shaking. And my son very calmly folds his arms at the bottom of the stairs and goes, well, I guess I better call the goddamn police because our mom's out of control. (laughs) And then I I literally fell to my knees. I'm almost crying. Think about it. I fell to my knees on the stairs like, what is wrong with me? Like, I just swore in my kids. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. But the overwhelm of my mom and, and like the travel and the kids and the like all this stuff, you know, and it's spring break. <laughs> was that really a fun spring break? No. You know, it's like, so it's like, you know, we have a lot of crap happening. We all do. So how do we deal with it? And that was like 2005. I wish I figured this out in 2005 because I truly believe my dad would still be alive. My mom did die of breast cancer that fall or that summer. And my dad three months later died of a broken heart. And so we lost both my parents. And my mom was only 69. My mom was, and they took really good care of themselves. Like it was bizarre, you know, but I knew what killed them. Stress killed them. Wow. So in 2010, I had this unbelievable breakthrough because my own kids wanted me to coach their baseball team in my mental toughness tips. 
which I've taught forever to my staff, to my violin students I've had for years, you know, so these really cool tips. And they're like, yeah, I, I laughed. I'm like, you want me in the dugout? They go, we want you in the dugout. So I'm like, okay, let's try this thing. So I took it to the coaches. It was 2010. The head coach was a financial planner. He hired me on the spot to be his private coach. Wow. I didn't even have anything to offer. Like <laughs> he goes, I just need what you have and I need to start right away. Can we, can we start this week? And then I was just shooting the breeze with my college department head where I taught. She found out what I was doing and she literally grabbed her checkbook out of her purse and said, how much to start? I need this. And I want to start like tomorrow. (laughs) Wow. So that's how pressure-free living got started was my own kids and people just wanting it. So it was totally like, I didn't wake up and say, oh, I'm going to become a performance coach now instead of all the things I've done in my past. I'm not going to bore you with like, (laughs) that's, that's not what I do now. Now I save lives. Now I help people. We do stress, anger, and anxiety and get out of the stress cycle. I actually help them break the stress cycle. So you have willpower. So you can think logically and not emotionally. So you can make good decisions for yourself, for your family, and just get out of the mess. And it's just been so cool. I think I need to tell you one of the foundations of the show. Okay. And this has just evolved out of time. And this is just my way to express the way I feel about it. So I tell everybody that we have a bucket in us. I picture it in my chest. I picture this long like Jack and Jill bucket. But the premise that I try to teach is that we need to get all the negative stuff out of the bucket so that we can keep it full of positive. So like when we get to those stressful situations, like the one you described, we have the positive energy to get through it. If we keep the negative in there, then that's what keeps us down and why we go back to the casino or the bet or the whatever. We don't have enough positive to offset the negative because we're not coping. And that's what leads us back to addiction. Just my made up way of talking to my audience. So they I love it. So I think where you're going to take us is how to process some of that negative in our bucket and get it out of there. Get it out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. If you want to expound now that you know crazy language about this topic. Yeah. So I want to, I want to share with you the three steps to pressure free. I like to keep things super simple. I have a lot of little three-step things that I teach my clients. Um, So I'm going to kind of do the macro, the three steps just to help everybody get started. And then I'm going to give you my starter tool. Like you with your bucket, I have a metaphor too that I think will actually be kind of cool with a bucket. We'll we'll play with it here. So so three simple steps. So if you're taking notes, I want you to, to write these three steps down. The first are targets. Targets are whatever you are aiming for or moving away from. And when you think of something, so you can think of targets as what do you want or what don't you want? And when you write down one of the I don't want, see if you can flip it into what you do want. So for example, if it's I don't want to go to the casino tonight, I want to do something productive tonight. How can you flip it into something that you do want? Because we tend to have, if we've got a don't want, it'll just keep rolling in there. It's really hard to get rid of those. So after my mom died of cancer, it's like, I don't want breast cancer. Like that was like, (laughs) I would say to myself, it's not an if, it's a when, right? That's not necessarily true, but I had kind of fallen into that. So now I'm like, I 
And I like, it's, it's so weird what's happened to my own body using this pressure-free method. I'm like far younger now than I was 10, 20 years. It's really bizarre. So I have definitely up-leveled my health. So my want is I want to up-level my health. Love that. If, if drinking is the thing, it's like, I want a beautiful liver. <laughs> you know, like it only takes 90 days, you know, <laughs> 90 days and you can have a beautiful liver again. So it's like, what do you want? It can be, and they tend to fall into three categories, these targets, health targets, relationship targets, and money. And then like performance money. So performance is like how you do your day, how you get your money, how you function in your day. You'll notice if you're stressed out, you're kind of uncoordinated. Like you dropped the peanut butter knife. Now you got peanut butter all over the floor. You know, it's like waking up on the wrong side of the bed. And now everything's like dysfunctional. Even the simplest sandwich can't be made. So earlier you guys, you and I were talking about text stress and text stress. Those are real things. Yes. If I push a button on this fancy computer and it doesn't happen, I have to use a lot of pressure-free tools because I paid a lot of money for this. I expect it to work. (laughs) Area. Okay, so targets. So, targets. The three things performance. Yeah, right, yeah, write down a couple targets. You know, circle the big one. Get real clear about some targets. Targets are your fuel so that the next things I teach you, you'll actually do it. When you get clearer and clearer, you know, you hear about get clear about the why. Well, I call, I call them targets. I actually envision like a, right? My husband's a bow hunter. You know, it's like, Really hitting the, that's what I want to hit. Like right there is what I want to do. So the next step are triggers. We'll spend a little more time on this one. So triggers are anything that make you feel these emotions because there are no more saber-toothed tigers. And I have worked with some clients that have been under physical attack or had something happen in their past that was an actual physical attack. So I'm not belittling or you know taking that down at all, but most of us are not under constant physical attack today. So we're treating all sorts of little strange things as if we are. A text, the button not working, some news from the doctor, like all kinds of things can happen and we just blow it way out of proportion. So we're overreacting and we've actually been conditioned to overreact today by the media, by all sorts of things in our lives. And we all know how to push our buttons, right? (laughs) Or other people know how to push our buttons (laughs) so that we do overreact. But there's no more saber suit tigers. It's when we feel these emotions, annoyed and angry, which is kind of on a continuum. Like you get a little bit annoyed, a little bit, and then you're full-blown angry. So annoyed and angry, afraid or anxious. So any kind of nervousness, any kind of worry, those kind of flow together. Some people like equate anxiety with being afraid, but some people do not. That's why I say both. And notice these all start with the letter A. In my course, you don't want to get A's. (laughs) (laughs) Anxious, afraid. And then the last one is ashamed. Mm. You know, all of us, you can think of something right now where it's like, maybe it happened in second grade, but you're still ashamed of it. Like some bonehead thing we said or, you know, some small thing we did, but it's still reeling in there. You know, it's still in there. So any sort of shame, past or current, um, is an emotion that can cause us to trigger fight or flight. I'm glad that this is part of it. I interviewed another fellow recently, and he actually, I think his quote was, I don't think I've ever known an addict that hasn't felt guilt and shame. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I love that that's included. Okay, yeah. please continue. I mean, 
because you know so so annoyed and angry anxious afraid ashamed if you can just write down two or three things that you know when you start to that will make you start to feel that for example the button not working i press the remote on this fancy tv and always says i have no connection i have to spend like i don't know how many minutes you know you know that's annoying Mm-hmm. So anything, dirty socks hanging out. I, grew, I had raised three boys and a husband, right? There's like dirty socks everywhere. <laughs> so whatever it is, why was I triggering fight or flight and messing up my body? Get this, for up to nine hours, if you're a male listening, up to 24 hours, if you're a female listening, just because of the dirty socks. Wow. So my big target, by the way, is to live pressure-free each and every day, each and every moment of the day, because nothing is worth messing up my body for up to 24 hours and my brain where I have no willpower and I'm going to get lazy and I'm going to reach for the wine or whatever it is because I'm like, "Eh, I don't feel so good. Well, you don't feel good in fight or flight and you don't feel good for up to 24 hours. That's a bunch of crap. Does that make sense? You just explained my week (laughs) because here I am. I'm leaving my nine to five job, right? It should be a very exciting time. I'm taking the risk on me. I'm moving forward with my dreams and stuff. And I couldn't figure out why I picked up cigarettes after 30 something days, why I went back to having coffee, why I just wasn't, why I was crying all the time. I couldn't figure it out. And yeah. I said to my counselor, I'm like, I should be like elated. And she's like, it's still the stress, whether it's good stress or bad. And, you know, she was asking me, um, how did I handle the last time I had a job change or a big life change. So my body was absorbing it all. And it was probably compounding each day as I was trying to make sure everybody had what they needed from me, that I felt good leaving that, you know, like cleaning oh, yeah. my phone, all the to do's. Yeah. So totally just gave me some clarity around that. Thank you, Al. By the way, when people say good stress, that's actually complete fake science. So the psychologist that came up with the you stress, the good stress thing, and it went media crazy, right? However, all these psychologists afterwards disproved that. And that psychological report was actually disproved. If you trigger the stress response for any reason, overexcitedness or anything, you go into the stress cycle. doesn't matter. So there's no such thing. So this is interesting because... You can learn how to, well, what I teach people to do is get into what I call the sweet spot where you have an incredible amount of energy because your cells actually got to sleep last night and rest and recuperate because they can't do that if you're caught in the stress cycle. That's why you wake up fatigued and exhausted, even though you spent nine hours in the bed. It's not about that. I used to think I needed 10 hours. I had mono in high school. And ever since then, I thought I need 10 hours of sleep. Like I was just freaked out about it. The stress was the thing that was causing the problem. That was the real issue. And for, get this, I mean, the nine hour, 24 hour effect, different biology, fact with gender, right? That's why a man or woman have an argument. A few hours later, he's like forgotten it. (laughs) (laughs) And the woman... She hasn't even forgotten it. Like she remembers it the whole next morning. I had a 22-year-old client who said, my girlfriend broke up with me this on, on a Saturday morning because I couldn't remember what we argued about on Friday night. She was still in the argument so much and he was moving on, right? But men biologically can move on faster than women. 
And that's because for most societies, it was the men who were on the edge of the tribe fighting and protecting the women and children. Their bodies had to recover faster from fight or flight. Interesting. There's a huge gender difference. And just if that's the only thing you take away from this today, like the next time you're in a relationship, you're going to see it. Next time you have a conversation, they start to get a little heated. You're going to say, oh, I see this. I see this happening, right? Fascinating. So figure out your triggers because when you react to an A emotion, then you move into the B behaviors. The B behaviors are bitchy, bossy. We bully people and we don't even mean to. And I'm raising my hand here. I have bullied people and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I feel a lot of shame about that, actually. So now I have to work on that piece, right? (laughs) But we can also then feel, we can also get real finger pointy. We'll blame people. It's his reason I drink. It's her reason I'm going to the casino every night. I got to get out of here. You know, it's the other person's fault or we shame. We point it back at us. Blamey behavior. We can feel real broken down. It's weird how many 20 to 30s, 20s and 30s will come to me and say, no, I feel like my brain is broken. I've been smoking weed every night just to get to sleep. And I feel like my brain is broken. It's the stress. And then you compound it by using things that actually break down our cognitive ability. The brain is friggin' broken. So I really help people just understand, let's get with the stress piece first. Let's fix that first. And then see what your behavior is going to start to do. And then, of course, burned out, like just overwhelmed, burnout, because your body is constantly working with these chemicals you've released. And then you're adding more chemicals. <laughs> That's like a big soup, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have to break the stress cycle. And that's what I'm going to teach you next. All right. Perfect. So breaking the stress cycle is step three. I call it tools and the 10 second solution. So if you remember three numbers, nine hours for guys, 24 for women, and 10 seconds, you've got a big takeaway here because nine hours and 24 hours is too long for anything to cause us to trigger fight or flight. And 10 seconds, by the grace of whatever you believe in, (laughs) it's amazing how the human body is designed. So from a resting heart rate, by the way, I was working with a hockey player once and I taught him this because he got kicked out of a game where he would now miss like the whole next two weekends because he was so violent on the ice, right? I said, listen, I can teach you something that's going to help you. He's sitting in the stands with me and I tell him about this and he goes, oh, 10 seconds. No, Mrs. Ingalls, I only have 0.6 seconds. (laughs) Honey, trust me. He never got kicked out of a game the rest of the season after learning this simple thing from me. That's cool. I mean, he could have lost a lot of time on the ice if he hadn't learned this. But from a resting heart rate, see, he was in an elevated heart rate on the eyes. But from a resting heart rate, you got 10 seconds before your brain tells your heart to charge up and tells your adrenal glands, those little things by your kidneys, to release adrenaline. It's actually a cocktail of hormones. So I tell my clients, you're now under the influence. You're under the influence of a crap load of adrenaline. That's going to cause all kinds of side effects. Yeah, you're going to get this little burst of energy. And I was addicted to it. I was addicted to adrenaline as a super mom. I thought I could do everything. So I was really addicted to it. I didn't realize all the side effects, but I could see them. If I looked, I had stress acne on my cheeks. I wouldn't even show my face on camera. I had eczema all over my hands, cracked and bleeding knuckles from my very first violin competition when I was 13. This hand broke out. My entire adult life, I had little band-aids, cracked, bleeding knuckles. It's, I wouldn't even show my hand if, if you can see the camera, if you're looking at that. 
I wouldn't even show my hand. I would hide it. And I was an executive. I hated to shake people's hands because I know they'd feel it or they'd feel the little band-aids. I was super ashamed. So I had physical signs. I had dense fibrous breast tissue. Eight weeks into using this method, my breast tissues completely changed. I do believe I might have saved my life, right? <laughs> I had stress fat in my torso. Could never get rid of it. No matter how hard I worked out and ran, whatever, stress fat. What's, it, what's in my arteries that I can't see? You know, all these little signs. So 10 seconds is plenty of time when you start to feel angry or anxious or any of those emotions to stop for just a second and say, oh, I can smile here. All my tools in my, in my full course, I have over 45 tools that I teach my clients. Sounds like a lot, but you're unique. I don't know which tools are going to work for you. I give my clients all of them because I have this little 12-year-old hotshot basketball player. She plays in college now. She's like 5'2", and she's playing college ball. She was so determined. She wore her Michael Jordan shirt like every day, right? Super determined little girl. I thought, oh, she's going to like like my easy tools, my physical tools. No, she liked my most sophisticated tools. 12-year-old girl. So I give all my clients all of them to play. We're not going to try because try is a cop-out. When you say, I'm going to try to not do whatever this behavior is you don't want to do, that's not real. It's not real. Wow. If you if you had something going on and I said to you, hey, you know, I'll try to be there next weekend. Do you think I'm really going to be there? Probably not. I just gave myself the cop out. So I like to tell my clients, we're just playing here. We're going to play with these ideas to see which ones work for you. And you're going to find some that work. Because I've worked with hundreds of people and everybody finds some. So I want to give you a couple to get you started. Sounds good. I need them this week for sure. <laughs> and it's like, I want you to imagine putting on a big construction worker tool belt and we're loading the belt with tools. And I'm going to give you this starter tool that combines three tools in one. That way you've got a lot of power right up front here. And it's kind of a silly thing to do. So you'll smile. It'll be, it'll be funny. So you, know, you have your bucket. Well, I want you to imagine for a moment that now, you know, most of us are in the hamster wheel. And we're running and we're exhausted. Well, we're in the wheel, which means our weight is slowing it down too, right? I want you to imagine getting out around the hamster wheel and turning into this beautiful little Ferris wheel. Now, the Ferris wheel has these like little buckets, right? (laughs) So we're going to grab the little bucket idea here. I want you to push the car and push your hands straight in the air. So just go ahead and push up in the air. And feel what that feels like. Okay, so most of us don't go around all day going like this. Right? <laughs> no. There's only two ways an adult that I've read in all my research, like hundreds and hundreds of research papers, two ways an adult can actually change and rewire their brain. One is a big motion, a gross motor motion. The second is the twilight phases. When you first wake up in the morning, what's in your mind? And just before you go to bed, what's in your mind? Until the 60s and 70s, when tradition was kind of thrown out the window, nearly every culture and every family prayed in the morning and at night. When the 60s, it's like, oh, we're just going to throw that all out the window. We're not going to do that stuff anymore. These are magical times when your brain is in theta waves. My husband's taking a shower. I hope you can hear me. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's a, there's a trigger right there. So, <laughs> so these magical little times, morning and night, those are precious. But this motion, I just had you push up in the air, both your arms. That is an instant. Your brain is going to go, oh, oh, what's new? What's up? And you can actually rewire your brain. So we got a big motion. It's kind of silly, so hopefully you'll smile. Corners of your mouth. I'm sure you know what dopamine is. Okay, so dopamine gets a real bad rap because it's linked to addiction. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter, though, at small levels that allows your entire outer brain to work, including this two places in the front part here that that you need working for willpower. Those shut off in fight or flight. We got to keep those babies on if you're trying to break a habit, if you're trying to change. We need willpower. And then your thinking and remembering is down. That's why a lot of people with test anxiety, they study really hard, go into the test, and it's just like a big blank. And they're not stupid. We're not stupid. Our, every human is brilliant. Stress is a thing that depowers that whole thing because it blocks dopamine. So now you don't feel good. And you don't have the use of your outer brain. You're in your survival brain. So now all you're going to do, and things can look like a threat that aren't even threats. Person who loves you the most could now feel the most threatening because you're in survival mode. And they say one thing, and now you're just triggered all over. It's like you're never out of the cycle. So... We're pushing this Ferris wheel. It's got a big motion. It's kind of funny. I want you to do it again. This time, push up in the air and leave your arms in the air. So you're way up high. Come back down and don't move your ribs. And I go out to the sides. So my thumbs, when they're midway, my thumbs are actually up in the air. And when I come down, my thumbs are facing out toward the walls. And notice that you're now in a better posture. Like both of us gained like two inches. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're up and over a problem so we can solve it. You can't solve a problem if you're in the muck. You just can't. Right. If you've released stress hormones, your brain can't think logically to help you do anything really well. So if we can stay up and over the problem, we can like look at it and say, oh, here's what's going down. Get a little smile going. Keep the dopamine flowing. How can I solve this? How can I make a change here? We often ask ourselves all the wrong questions. Why am I so stupid? Why am I such an addict? Why can't I stop this? If you ask those questions, you're going to get all the answers because your smart brain is going to find them and they're not going to be helpful. But if you can ask, how can I stay calm here? How can I solve this dilemma? How can I help this other person? Sometimes when I'm coaching my violin student, they'll say to me, how did you think of that? Because I'm constantly thinking, how can I help her play this better? How can I make this more beautiful? And I get incredible answers. Like things that I, they're lessons from 40 years ago, you know, tucked in my brain somewhere. And they come flying out because I studied with some of the greatest masters in the world. And they're like flying out of my head. So like ask yourself cool questions that get you towards solution. And you're going to find that your life is instantly changing its trajectory. That's what I like to help people do. Like, you're not ever plateauing. You're either going down or you're going up. There's always something changing. So it's like, okay, funny motion here. 
Now, the reason I thought a little buckets on the Ferris wheel is because of your idea. If we got to get the negative out in there, right? So there's two ways you could think about it. Some of my clients say, like, I remember this 17-year-old said, can I put my stepmother on the, on the Ferris wheel and give her a ride? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, you can do it. But remember, your Ferris wheel is the energy of your life. I want it spinning beautifully. I want you to feel like I just did this. I just stopped something that would have corrupted me for up to nine or 24 hours. Like I just broke the stress cycle. And now I got this little bit of window of time until the next trigger comes. Could come in a few minutes, yes. <laughs> depending on your situation. Like just trying to get your kids to school in the morning, like a zillion things go down. You know, so we're building little windows of beautiful quality time where you're thinking straight and your body and your cells are in a good space. By the way, we got a lot going on with the immune system today. Everybody knows about the adrenaline flood. There's a second flood of hormones that goes out to fix the cells you messed up. Okay. Glucocorticoids. You hear a lot about cortisol today and that we need to reduce the cortisol. Not if you've released the adrenaline. You need the cortisol to counteract the adrenaline. There's a lot of misinformation out there. However, cortisol can make you feel anxious for no reason. Now you're going to start the whole thing all over again. And cortisol, actually both floods of hormones do a lot of um, corruption of the immune system. The first flood of hormones is going to lower a little protein up to 90% that you actually need for your immune system to work. And then the second flood of hormones drops it again up to 40%. I have to interrupt. I'm sorry. Yes. I told you to interrupt me. <laughs> right. Because I have so many of these women in my life. Yes. They worry about everything, things that they have no control over. So if I just heard you right, the worry is creating the cortisol, which is then impacting and putting them into the stress cycle. Is that <laughs> Yes. It's actually first the adrenaline. So now you're in the stress cycle. Then the second flood of hormones goes out. So like my husband actually can feel when the second flood goes out now. Usually you go into a little depression and then you feel some more anxiety. So for example, I had a, I had a 14 year old girl who was in chronic anxiety for two full years, which means she never felt happy. I taught her this. And this is what she said to me when I taught about the cortisol making you feel anxious. She goes, Oh my gosh, so I'm not crazy? That's huge. That is huge. I said, no, you're not. The drug alone can make you feel anxious for no reason. So when you feel that kind of like worry, but it, there's no, you really don't have any reason to be, that's what's going down. But here's the deal. We have to stop the first flood of hormones so that neither go out. It's not enough to just lower cortisol. I know people who are using all sorts of things try and get themselves to feel better and they have little windows of feeling better but have they really no it's not a long-term solution it's not the only real long-term solution is to be able to be more emotionally resilient and not trigger the stress response that doesn't mean you're not going to feel angry anxious annoyed ashamed afraid i mean those feelings are going to come you're just not going to overreact and spill the hormones out does that make sense it does yeah, I wish I knew this stuff a while back. I would have saved <laughs> a lot of apologies. Oh my gosh. And here's the deal. I love to tell this, say this to people. It's not your fault. You didn't know. I didn't know. We didn't know. 
So everything that's happened in our past, all those things we still feel ashamed about, because those things will lead us into paths we don't want to go. Just feeling ashamed about them. It's like, today is, oh my gosh, I get teary. (laughs) Today is the first day of your pressure-free life. Today is the first day of your pressure-free life. You just learned a human technology that you can use anytime, anywhere. And yes, it's going to take some time because we've got habits of reaction that aren't just our own. They're generations old. We imitated our parents, not just our parents. We've imitated anybody who had influence over us that we kind of liked what they did. And the perfect example is the mean girl, fifth grade mean girl. So here's three girls. One girl says, oh, I can't believe she's wearing red. So the other girl now has a choice. She can either side with the girl who's wearing the red. No, she's going to immediately do the same face and same voice. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, right? We imitate. Our face shows it. Our body shows it. So we have generations old habits of reaction. So I love to tell my clients, you know, cut yourself a break. You're a human being. And even though I've taught you this, like you might later today trigger, but you know, now you saw it. That's amazing. I want you, this this celebration, this Ferris wheel is called the celebration Ferris wheel because you saw a trigger. I don't care if you triggered or not, like release the hormones or not. I still want you to celebrate because the next time that trigger comes along, you'll stand a better chance of catching it in the 10 seconds. We got to play with this. That's why I say it's a game. We got to play with this. So can I run an example by you? Yes. Okay. So... Two weeks ago, I call my IT department at work and say I'm leaving jobs. I need to move my personal phone number onto this piece of equipment that had a corporate phone number on it, right? It'll only be 20 20 minutes when you go to the Sprint store. They'll take this out and do that. So the first day I went to the store and they're like, oh, it's locked. We can't do this. So like my expectation was like already not good. Right. I leave with no result. So now the second day walking into the store, I'm already wound up or whatever. Yeah. So when I walk in the second day and and they then tell me it's still locked, that the things we've tried haven't been solved. Is that when I'm supposed to put my arms in the air and start doing the Ferris wheel? You better. Yeah. You might want to start putting your arms in the Ferris wheel before you even leave to go to the store, (laughs) chances are you're already triggering because you're expecting that there's going to be some follow-up, right? Yeah. So watch yourself. Like you're, you're getting ready to do something that you have a little, I call it negative fake worry. Like you're not there yet. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're already in your mind thinking, I bet they haven't solved this. Right. Yeah. That's, that's such a good point too. Yeah. And this goes, I think, to technology and maybe self perspective. But let's say we text someone and they don't text us right back. Right. That negative self worry. You think that maybe you didn't say something right or that they're mad at you or you can come up with a storyline that's absolutely insane and it has nothing to do with them. It's about us. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So you're going to start to be. You know, remember Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew? Just yeah. come. All right. So, so we got to put on our Nancy Drew suit and our, our Hardy Boys hats, right? It really is unlocking the mystery of all the things that have been causing you stress all these years. 
For example, living in my old house in Battle Creek, old house, when it's humid, it's Michigan, it's going to get humid, the front door sticks. Well, I got my violin and groceries and everything. I was triggering, not only when the door stuck, I was triggering anticipating it might, and probably even in the car ride or walk home from the call, like already anticipating. So I was probably triggering maybe three or four times about my front door. Okay, how many times do I go in and on my front door? We can't park in the garage because there's too much crap in there. So I go in and on my front door all the time, right? Okay, probably 20 times a day I was triggering and I had no idea. I just laughed or else I'll cry. I actually did cry at one point like, when was the last time I was clean? That was a question I asked. Maybe age two, three, maybe never right? Because we start triggering inside our moms. Wow. Mom's a chain smoker. We're triggering all the time. We're freezing. We're supposed to make a six second cycle with our spine when we're in utero. That's bringing fluid in and pushing it out, learning to learn to breathe. But if our mom's a chain smoker or does some sort of drug or something that we will freeze or scared, if she's scared, we freeze just like with her. And we don't resume that six seconds until we, the fear is gone. Wow. That's huge. That's really huge. And, you know, a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant at first. So, like, for the whole first early, my mom was a chain smoker, 60s. I was born in 62. Everybody smoked. You know, like, it was cool. <laughs> Not, you know, a little different today, but still, like, you don't know you're drinking or you're smoking or whatever, and you don't know that you're even pregnant. So I'm knocking on wood. I feel pretty good. (laughs) Really, I want you to feel like it's a game. You're seeing this thing that's been triggering you a while. That's been triggering me for 25 years and I had no idea. I laugh about the shower, but honest to God, if I hear running water, I'm a violinist, like any kind of sound. I have a lot of sound triggers and I didn't even know it. I'm like, if I hear that blast of water, it can easily trigger me. So I got to watch out for sounds. Okay. I'm going to take advantage of you being here and ask you another question relative to me. Yes. Something, and I, I don't know how far back it goes, at least the last four years. Well, it's been, no, actually it's been longer than that. Anyway, the loud sounds, the vacuum, the lawnmower, the snowblower, the leaf, all those things, I go to be bitchy, like instantly, like my whole, I feel it in my body. I get like, I want to run away. Like, right. Like it. And I can't, I don't know where this came from or how long I've had it. Yeah. But it's getting progressively worse. Oh, I'm right with you. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Leaf blowers, jet ski, like any, anything. Yeah. So Some people are just really more environmentally sensitive than others, but also it could be like something from way deep in your past. We don't really need to worry about what it is, what what caused it, how do we solve it, okay? So I'm going to give you another, yep, you can go like that, (laughs) right, right? And here's another one. Take your two hands, because you're kind of going into a little bit of traumatic thing and you get really bitchy, right? Take your two hands and put them on your belly. Put them right on your belly, and I want you to relax your belly and let it all hang out. That's a 70s phrase, right? 
Let it all hang out because we're trying to make ourselves look so skinny all the time, right? I want you to love your belly. When your abs are relaxed, it tells your brain you're okay. We tighten our ab muscles to protect our precious organs from a physical attack. So when you relax your abs, that's the very opposite of protecting from an attack. So you hear the loud sound and I immediately just relax my abs. Okay, now my brain can think logically like, okay, it's just a leaf blower. It's not coming after me or whatever. I can close my window or whatever I need to do. Someone's mowing their lawn right now, as a matter of fact. So, you know, whatever those little sounds are, but relax your abs. And then you can also take your hands from your belly and just rub down the top of your thigh to your knee, but pick your hands back up and do it again. Don't rub up. Just like a dog. If you rub up, you're going to get a bristly, nervous system is going to go bristly. But if you go down your thighs, it's very soothing. So if it's a loud sound, or for me too, if I smell a burning smell, I almost drowned and I almost burned when I was a little girl. So burning smells, burn toast in the toaster oven, that just could be the slightest burning sound, definitely is a trigger for me. So self-soothe, soothe yourself. It's okay to touch yourself. <laughs> That's good. I actually can picture certain people that I've seen do that. Yeah. I don't know if they consciously knew it or what, but I, there's people that I, I come in contact with that have done that. And if you see them rub back up, because a lot of people go back and forth, teach them to stop at their knees and come back. That'll be huge for them. Because if they're going back and forth, it's like they, they charge up the nervous system, then they soothe, charge soothe cool when you can just relax it down so that's a super self-soother but i would go to those two tools for any sort of loud sound i think that sometimes we turn we turn to stuff to try and self to try and soothe us right (laughs) and so how can you build in some tools that are going to soothe you but don't have bad effects that's one thing I'm always asking when I'm working with some of my clients. It's like, okay, what can I share with them here that's going to help them soothe themselves in those moments when they're starting to move or they don't really want to go? But it is a moment-by-moment moment decision because the triggers are going to come. But as you start to just play with this just a little bit, you just have to get the smallest bit of toehold. And that's exciting like wow until the next trigger my brain is working for me right you will i can memorize music in minutes that used to take me months now my brain can do things that i never believed possible and i got an old brain i'm 58 like this brain can do things that i never even dreamed i could it's amazing and my body too because finally i'm i've got i, I call it stress sludge the stress sludge is, is finally moving out. And I'm human. I will trigger just like anybody else. But now I give myself a lot of grace. You see it. And I'm like, okay, for the next 24 hours, keep that dang mouth shut or you're going to be bitchy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you're going to see like, like it's amount of floods of hormones. Like you, you just get tuned into the science of your own body. A lot of people tell me they're like, you just really enlightened me and empowered me, the E words. So like, these are the words people, my clients say, I feel calm, confident, courageous, and committed, committed to my life's work now. 
I feel energized, exhilarated, but it's not adrenalized exhilaration. It's calm exhilaration, empowered and enlightened. That's what we're moving towards. The D's get us there. If somebody's listening to this, you're doing it. <laughs> you made a decision and you're listening and you're, now you're going to do a little bit of work, just a little bit of fun, and something's going to start to change. It takes a little determination until it becomes a daily discipline. My first goal I write every day is stay up pressure-free in my genius zone. I don't want to ever trigger the stress response or else I'm not a nice person. So that's like my first goal that I write. Here's the big D though, deserve. You deserve a beautiful life. You deserve a fulfilling life. You deserve to live on this planet in a really beautiful way. I truly believe that. I don't care what crap you've done in your past. I don't care how many people we've hurt, how much you know, stuff has gone down. It's like right from this moment forward, you deserve it. And that's kind of the hardest thing that I work with my clients on. It's like that deep deserving because the shame will just pour in. And it's like there's, there's crap in everybody's life. I don't care who you are. You've got some sort of trauma. You've got some kind of crap. We all do. That's a part of being on the planet. It's what made you a survivor. It's what brought you here. It's what what is making you empathetic to other people's situation. So you can help them. So there's reasons for that. But it's like right in this moment here, no, you know what? You deserve to have a beautiful life. You deserve the rest of this day to be so charming and beautiful what what words work for you everybody's different like i use this word exquisite a lot it's like, i want a dang exquisite life i also say kick-ass i hope that's okay on your show <laughs> i just want a kick-ass life right? well i gotta i have to oh thank you so oh, i know we've gone on and on haven't we <laughs> well i i want to call this out though before we go i want to tell my audience i met l 48 hours ago, virtually. And, you know, there's no rehearsals in these, in these podcasts, but there was a couple of really cool things that you just elaborated on. My folks have heard before, but in my style. So I love this, that we're aligned on this. So the first is we've played the alphabet game is what we kind of call it. So on social media, I post, you know, the letter of the day and we look for positive words or recovery words with each letter of the alphabet. So I love that you, you speak in that lingo and then you call it deserve and I call it worth it. Like we talk about that all the time. And I'm like, I feel like I'm yelling at them sometimes. I don't know who can hear me and what they're thinking, but I'm like, you absolutely deserve it. So the fact that you drove that home so powerfully, I'm telling everybody, we didn't talk about this, but I'm telling you. So even if you don't want to believe me, believe out. That's oh my God. We did. We just met 48 hours ago. You said you were looking for people to be on your podcast. And I'm like, I'll do that. And we're in a very special group of speakers. So speakers from around the world. And so I'm like, oh, I, I love to talk to this audience because I know pressure free can help. I know it. Yeah. It's like really cool. And you deserve to live pressure free. You know, I call this the pressure free method. No matter what pressures come your way, you can stay free of releasing those stress hormones. You have the power to do that. And no one else can do it for you. 
And like you just said, like, I want my clients, we want it so much as, as coaches, as people who are sharing our message out, like you want it so much, but really it's like, for me, it's a big key. You got to turn the key. Can I end with a little story? Sure. Okay. So I'm a musician and I was the first woman in the orchestral conducting program at the University of Michigan, which is a pretty big deal. Cause that's like one of the last big glass ceilings in the world is orchestral conduct. So I go to Salzburg by myself in 1985 to go study conducting at Mozart school, the Mozartam. Big deal. I'm like, I've never been anywhere. <laughs> no big deal. So I go and it's mostly all guys. Like there's hardly any women. There's like three in our class making friends. And there's this guy from uh, uh, New Zealand. I've always wanted to go there. So I'm like chatting with him and he goes, you got to come over to my apartment and see my key. And I'm like, I'm not going to this guy's apartment. Right? <laughs> I don't even know this guy. But then I was like, he seems really nice. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not trying to sugar. You don't even have to walk in. I just want to show you my key. I'm like, well, why don't you have your key on you? And he goes, I can't bring it with me. And that's why you have to come. We were put up in the city, all over the city. He was in a building that was originally built in 1390. Okay. Wow. We came to the inner part of it and his door was a huge, big wooden door with big brass fittings. And he lifted up the mat and his key was like eight inches long. He goes, it's too heavy and too big for me to carry around all day. So I just keep it under the mat, right? And he inserts it into this huge lock and grinds as it turns, right? That's the kind of key I feel like we have to put inside ourselves and turn to believe that we deserve. I don't know. I do know why actually I teach this in my course. There, there is a reason why we feel like we don't deserve. And I untangle that because it's, it takes a long time. <laughs> but you've got to insert the key and start turning it. You've got to start turning it a little bit. Even if you just creak it a little bit, you're going to let in some sunshine. You know, you're going to let in this feeling of, of worth, which is so deeply rooted in us. You know, it's there, it's inside of you. And whatever your faith belief is and your faith foundation, all those things there want you to have a beautiful life. Nobody who is decent wants you to not have a beautiful life. Honest to gosh. I mean, really. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I like the key too, because it's work. That's another part of what I believe in, right? It's work every day, every thought, every moment, like yes. in order to do it and to feel. I, I love that earlier you shared the physical symptoms of not taking care of this. That's very powerful. And I'm the more educated I'm becoming, the more I'm a believer in that and understanding that. Yeah. But the key thing, what popped into my head was I just did this, I don't know, one of my walks this week. And I, I can't remember what happened, but I, I remember saying to myself, oh, I'm such a loser. It was, it was a thought, but I caught the thought and said, stop thinking that way. So that's what I mean by the practice. And I think you were, that's what you're saying about Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys is you have to be mindful and figure out that you're having that crazy thought before you can address it. And it's a big, it's practice. I, I want to make sure that the audience understands that it's practice. And I think you, you were very eloquent about that, L. Yeah. And letting it's them know. And I want you to play, like have fun with it. Because some of these triggers, I, I mean, I've, I've just uncovered some and I'm like, 
have I really been triggering about that for 40 years? Well, yeah, I have. That's just so stupid. (laughs) So you got to laugh so you don't cry. Like, it's like, okay, but you know, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new moment. And I'm finally figuring this out. So that's like the, the beautiful thing about it. And You know, it's just so cool to see, you know, when you were talking about all the, I didn't even, it takes me a whole hour to share what stress actually does to us, but every chronic disease is caused directly by the release of stress hormones. Every single one of them. I a hundred percent believe this. I thought, I thought it's my mattress. I thought it's my weight, but my back pain fluctuates. Is it because I'm sleeping on the couch or is it because I'm sleeping in my bed? Just recently, am I like, oh, okay, there's other dots that need to be connected here. So you're, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then any, any other disease or, or thing that's not chronic, but you, any, any of that is exacerbated by stress hormones. So whatever you have, I don't care if it's, it's arthritis, you list the things. And people will say, no, no, it's not stress. Like I've, I've worked with some people in the dystonia community and they're like, it's not stress. I'm like, you can say that all you want. But I can prove it to you. <laughs> yeah. I can prove what happens, the inflammation that happens, the nervous system issues that happen. And we, most of us, like I was in denial, by the way. I thought I was a pretty calm person. Until 2010, I'm coaching these baseball players and these two clients and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do the thing I'm teaching them. Yeah. I have far more stress than I ever even believed now that I'm watching what's starting to happen here. So I dug in and my mirror, like it takes anyone, well, that one girl, two and a half weeks, she broke that chronic anxiety, two and a half weeks. And she, I got to her, her scheduled appointment with me and she goes, Elle, I did it. And she's like the, the most genuine smile. She goes, I broke it a couple days ago and I feel happy. It was like incredible. But most people, it's like four to eight weeks, sometimes longer that they have what I call the breakthrough day when you went the entire day and didn't trigger. So that night when you sleep, your body really can renew. It really can get clearer and really can repair like it's supposed to, right? Yeah. And we've been monkeying around with it all these decades, you know? So that's why it's like, wow. That, and I've had people have like ulcerative colitis completely in remission, cancer in remission. You just name it. It's like, oh my gosh, headaches completely gone, never coming back. I have, there's a piece of me that believes as I continue to personally grow and develop and and work on my thinking and my meditation and my, all the things I'm learning about. I used to say I wanted to be dead by the time I was 70. That was my goal. Because I didn't want to cross that, get too old. People have to take care of me, deal with my stuff. Now I feel like completely invincible. It's a whole different thing. Like, 70 doesn't feel old. I don't think things are going to break. I know I'm just going to keep healing from the inside out. It's like a whole different perspective. You you referred to it when you said you feel 10 years younger or you're 10 years younger today than you were before knowing these strategies. So it's not just you and I that can do this. Everybody oh. can. Everybody is worth it and deserves it. And wow, I really appreciate everything that you've had oh. today. I love it when I get to learn things. That's why it's fun to have guests that can, you know, tie the message in, serve the addicts, my audience, whether they're addicts or not. 
I will make sure that all of your contact info is in the show notes. Is cool. there anything you want to call out before I leave? Um, yeah, I am going to be launching a parenting book. So, you know, I talked about that. So, cause a lot of parents are really going through it right now. And so if you have, you know, listeners who are struggling as parents right now, you know, just have them reach out to me and I'll make sure they get on the list for that book. It's going to launch in the next couple of weeks. So um, okay. it's pressure-free parenting, the 10 second solution to reducing stress, anger, and anxiety. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Okay, we'll have all that information out there. Cool. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's great. Thank you so much for having me. What a true pleasure it was to interview Elle today. To wrap us up, I found a quote from success.com that says, give your stress wings and let it fly away. Have a wonderful day, beautiful people.